Welcome to the Work in Progress podcast, where we keep our whip in check. And now, here's Michelle, certified coach and founder of Strive Coaching Studio. Welcome to the Work in Progress podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest who is so impressive. And even if you are not in the new homes industry, which if you are, you for sure know my guest, but even if you're not, you are about to learn about some things that are interesting and um, so intelligent and curious and are, I think, world-changing. I mean, I think what you're doing is um, so significant to how people purchase and how our consumers and our psychologies are being trained to purchase and live in this new world. And so no matter who you are, you're going to enjoy this podcast today. I'm with John Lee, who is with Anugo. And Anugo is a software company and you use MarTech and sales tech and you basically make it easier for new home sales and you're just revolutionizing what this will look like and how consumers will make their purchases going forward. So welcome, John. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah, I love um, getting to talk to you here. You know, we've gone back a long ways. We've probably known each other for a decade and uh, yes. you've been a client. And then uh, obviously now you're uh, being a great coach for some of the people that are just starting their companies or in the midst of it. Yeah. And, uh, we've gone through a lot of changes in this new home industry. You know, we started, I started back in uh, 2001 after um, the dot-com bust. And that's how I came into this industry. I, I worked in Silicon Valley and that was kind of smitten by all the technology. And then I, I love real estate because I got my real estate license early on in my career. And okay. the area was booming. And I thought, wow, if I can apply that technology to this industry, it would be a game changer. I didn't realize I was probably coming into the most tech laggard industry in the world. <laughs> Totally. Oh my God. Right. So we started out as rendering house because I realized that, you know, to sell a new homes, you actually had to render these houses so people can have an idea of what their dream home would look like. So we started out just creating that content. And um, that's what we, we went with for a long time. But then after the Great Recession, or even during the Great Recession, I started to realize that, um, you know, all these new technologies were coming out with, you know, everything from iPhones to the cloud uh, and, buyers were especially the millennials were starting to change the way they shop you know obviously amazon was starting to emerge and and then even social media and so that's why i said back then i stood up in um in the middle of the great recession to my my employees and said um a lot of our competitors are hunkering down or laying off but actually we're going to actually change we're going to become a software company and everybody looked around and like uh who here knows anything about software? But I said, you know, we have to do this because um, it's it's going to happen. And so that's when I actually reserved the domain name Anugo. This is back in 2011. And so I've been basically building Anugo. So um, basically don't buy new homes the old way, make a new goal of it. And we finally converted and launched that um, back in 2020. And so since then, we've been now really focus on um, software to enable buyers to find, design, experience, and even buy your new homes online. It's an amazing um, transition, an amazing transformation and evolution that you've taken. And I and and you know you study if you study or are aware of sociology and history, it's the the worst times that change who we become, who we are, and who our what our habits are, and how we look at the world. And you you just decided this is our time. We're going to be better on the other side of this. It's interesting that you mentioned that. You know, our biggest changes actually happened in the worst times in the economy. You know, I started a brand new company right at the um, end of the dot-com bust in 2001. Yeah. 
And that was also yeah. when 9-11 happened and everything. So the economy is really um, in tough conditions. And but and then again, in the middle of the Great Recession is when I made this new decision to um, to pivot to software. And now uh, in this uh, housing downturn, we actually are launching our newgo.com marketplace, which is kind of like the Zillow for new homes, which is going from B2B, which is business to business, to now business to consumer. So why are you launching these things in the, in the worst of times? Because, but for me, it's actually an opportunity. Um, most of the times you take market share is when um, there's a downturn because it's a little bit chaotic. A lot of your competitors are pulling back or hunkering down. Um, but also your clients are probably looking for um, solutions and opportunities to yes. change. They don't change when things are good. They change when things are tough. And that's caused us to, you know, from a business side, all the way down to um, personal and career development to change um, our skill set, change our passion, change our, our vision and direction. Absolutely. You have to reprioritize. You have to reassess what your what the ground is you have to work within for sure. And you and I have that in common. Having start, started um, Terramore, our, our building company in the middle of the recession, we were crazy, according right. to most. I worked with you back then. It was like, I know. at the same time, you're still doing good. I remember helping with charity. I mean, you were still trying to you know, help the community as well as totally. build your business. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and I think when you have those opportunities during those times, you have, especially starting brand new, you don't bring in the old ways of doing things, or you're willing to, to say the old ways can go out. What, mm -hmm. how can we rethink this? What can we do differently? And for me, then it was, who do I need to partner with? Who are the people who are going to change the game? Right. And how can I be on the, on the forefront of this? And that was the goal. And, and obviously that's how you think too. You're a very forward thinking company. And what I love, what I love so much about what you do and listening to your podcast definitely reflects it is how you are so in touch with the psychology of humans and human nature and how we think and how our emotions are such strong drivers for us. And that's such a big part of how you think about your business. It's not just about tech. It's about right. humans. Exactly. You know, a, a lot of people have thought of me in this industry as a tech guy, and I'm so far out there and maybe too far out there. But it, I think it really is that um, that human touch that not only is programming the algorithms, but you, the, the human is mastering the technology and it's a tool for humans. And as much as I, I have my own little saying here that um, to, to soar, you need to be grounded. And what I mean by that is as we continue to grow, I, I use the analogy of flying a kite. Um, you know, my natural tendency is to be the kite. I want to fly. I just want the wind to take me and I, anything to, to get me aloft. But one of the things as I learned as I got older is um, I need to stay grounded, you know, um, and that's for my youth, you know, whether it's my my coach, my teacher, my parents and, you know, my pastor, you know, they they keep me grounded in the values, the principles, um, you know, what what is what is the 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 bigger cause, not just for for your success, but for, you know, the people around you and. That combination of that that uh, human influence, but at the same time, your personal passion it, it is what drives me. And as I get older now, and um, I, instead of becoming the mentee and now I'm the mentor, I'm the one that's probably holding um, holding the strings here and trying to find the you know the right ways to let my um, mentees be able to you know soar to their heights and um, but keep them grounded. 
so great. And, and what an amazing position to be in. Right. It's a, it's a full circle. You know, I, I think of my career and, and just my personal development. And I've shared this with you is I have my own little guiding principle, my business cycle and personal cycle. I, I yearn to learn. I learn to earn so I can make money and, and survive and provide for my family. But I also earn to return to those who yearn. And what really pleases me, excites me, whether it's my employees or um, our people just um, trying to get a start in their lives, is to be able to um, help people that are yearning for some goal um, and, and their ambitions and to be able to use our wisdom and our experience, maybe even our means to help um, you know support that. So I they don't it. stumble. Totally. And uh, I don't know if you coined that phrase, but I'm definitely going to be a subscriber to it because I that is really fantastic and I love it. And it's a way I've certainly lived my life too, and many mm -hmm. others have in our industry, very fortunately. Um, you bring up your your background and your upbringing and a lot of your values and, and, and priorities in your life. Tell us about your, you, you ended up in Silicon Valley out of all of this. So tell us, tell us about how, about your journey. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the days, you know, I, I graduated back in the eighties and, you know, I worked for a fortune 100 company and, um, you know, back then it was a traditional business. And then all of a sudden there was this hot new thing in Silicon Valley. And, um, I was just attracted to a, a totally different way of thinking. And when I went out there, it was happening at warp speed and, it's like I came down from the mountain there and I just saw so many opportunities to apply that, to improve um, not just businesses, but improve people's lives. And, and we've all been recipient. A lot of people say, well, I'm not a tech person, but actually people are using tech all the time. You know, when tech has succeeded, when you don't think you're using tech, it's just part of your life now. You don't even know. You're not even. Yeah, you don't even it. know, but you but, so but you'll know when this when you're unplugged. <laughs> and all yes. of a sudden, like, wait a minute, how do I how do I find this place today? Uh, how My do I make life is over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know where to go today. I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> right. How will I get my groceries? <laughs> right, exactly. So we become very dependent upon it, and that's good that we are able to master that. And and we can and you know especially the next generations like the millennials and Gen Zs. I mean, they they basically grew up. Um, using yeah. that. And that's why from our industry standpoint, we need to meet our consumers where they're at. But, you know, it actually wasn't all uh, fun and games and easy for me. You know, um, actually going back to my childhood, uh, I, I would say my biggest success, it was also my biggest failure. And, you know, I was part of an immigrant family. My parents came over here and they were very successful in Taiwan. They're valedictorians of uh, their high school. And my dad came here, went to UNC and uh, Chapel Hill and got his master's degree and everything. But they struggled a lot because they couldn't speak English. And, you know, and, and back then there was a little bit of discrimination around here. So they actually had to go start a business, um, Lee's Tailor Shop. So they were just doing tailoring and, and dry cleaning. And so they always uh, worked hard for me to um, go to college. I went to UNC Chapel Hill too. And they, every, in the Taiwanese community, you didn't really make it until you were a doctor. So I felt a lot of pressure to become a doctor. And, I, and I, in high school, I took anatomy and physiology. I placed out of entry-level biology and stuff in, in college. Um, and I thought I was a role model there. But um, actually, when I got to college, I started taking some social science classes and I, I was exposed to business and I really started to fall in love with that. And when I decided to switch from med school, pre-med to business, 
I really felt like I let down my whole community and as a role model. And um, yeah, but you know, um, because they're saying, you know, wow, why aren't you doing medicine? That means that that why why would you go back and do business when that's what your parents are trying to get you out of? And you know, medicine is such a respectable thing. You're saving lives. And then as I started thinking about that, I said, you know, with business, I maybe I'm not saving lives, but I'm creating livelihoods and. Yes. You know, it really plays to my desire of being an entrepreneur and risk taking and not just a conservative practice. And but back then I was actually called a black sheep. They my uh, my best friend there told me that, well, his dad was a, a doctor. His grandfather was a doctor. And they said, you know, don't hang around John. He's like the black sheep of this community because um, he's you know, he's going to something that that's b- below us. So anyways, that was a struggle to overcome that. And to me. When I measure failure and success, I, I think of success as overcoming your fears and adversities and failure is not being able to. And I think, you know, that was my greatest success. I overcame some of those um, peer pressure and expectations of me to do what I wanted to do. Such a great story. We, you know, we want to belong. We, we, we have a human nature to want to belong to our tribe, certainly to our family mm-hmm. uh, and be, have them be proud of us. And to go against the grain of that and then continue that fight as it continued and probably only got worse. Um, that is really uh, a, a, such a testament for you following what you knew was right for you. And what a testament to your family and your parents for being such role models and examples to you. It's a beautiful Yeah, thing. I think the silver line to the whole story is uh, my friend who's a nephrologist now is better not call him out because he may be listening, but his son <laughs> went to Duke and he decided not to be a doctor. And he actually was an intern for me in my company last year. And now he's going to be working for a, a major um, consultancy, business consultancy. So wow. he actually, because I kind of paved the way to say, hey, um, this career path is not something to be looked down on. It's If that's your passion, you should follow it. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, and you know, one of my, one of the, uh, there is many objectives with my podcast, but one of them is I want to know about the companies and we can certainly learn all about them and I want to, but what's even more valuable to me is knowing the human behind the company Mm -hmm. who is creating it and what their path has been of success and failure and failure that turned into success. So 10 years ago, would you have ever imagined you'd be here i i was actually in a lot of doubt back there and during the great recession i mean you yeah. know we all knew how how much of a struggle it was um i knew i had to change and if i didn't change i don't think i would have been here um yeah. and, and also my company you know i mm-hmm. it's not just for my career path it's for the livelihoods of everyone around me so that puts a lot of pressure on there yeah. um so yeah that, that that there was a time there i didn't think i would make it yeah. And what kept you going? Well, um, it was a lot of confidence in my in my employees. I don't think I could have got here without it. But one of the things that I learned in becoming a software company is to succeed there, I had to um, bring, <laughs> I have a diversity of people here. I have software developers, which are very analytical, left brain people. And I got, uh, I have um graphic artists and marketing people that are very creative, right brain side. I knew there'll be great power, just like nuclear fusion. If you can bring the right brain and the left brain together, the analytical side with the creative side. And I think that's one of the the, um, competitive advantages that we have. Now, 
that takes a lot of effort from the leadership to, to bring two sides together. It's like bringing the Republicans and the Democrats together in a sense and having to sit down. Yeah. And um, I thought I, I realized that one of the ways to do that is um, instead of me being the mediator, letting me bring them closer together. So they're sitting next to each other. It's kind of, kind of, kind of like a seesaw. If you have them sitting very far away, when one goes down, the other one goes way up. And when one goes you know, down, the other one goes way up. But if you bring them closer together and you're the fulcrum in the middle, not only do they see eye to eye, not only can they, um, they can speak to each other better, but when they go up and down, they don't really throw the other one, you know, off kilter and allowing them to actually understand each other and facilitate that conversation is really what got us to the next level from a human um, development standpoint. Amazing. Amazing to recognize that because at the end of the day, we really all have the same, you certainly mm -hmm. have the same objective in mind and we all overlap so much in what we believe and, and like, and, um, we have so much more in common than we, than we realize. Right. That diversity of opinions and skill sets is really what makes us work. And I don't know if there's a secret recipe of how you do that. Um, but you have to find I find that you have to find some role models there. You have to kind of show by example, like, you know, okay, you guys were able to accomplish this project together. And then, then they feel like, hey, this thing could actually work. It doesn't have to be me against them. And together we can actually achieve some great things that nobody else can do. Yeah. And a willingness. You had a team a that became willing. You inspired them to be willing most likely, but they had to be willing. They had to choose that. Exactly. And part of what I think my... Um, personal attribute is I have a lot of passion and mm -hmm. there's actually three words in the word passion pass I on. And so if I can make that passion contagious and they can now carry it when I'm outside the conversation and carry that on, it's it con It's contagious. Everybody wants to be part of that, yes. you know, as opposed to be apart from it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And so Give me an idea, give everyone an idea of what you have now created in terms of the size of your company, the reach of your company. I mean, you, yeah, are, so, you are huge. You know, <laughs> when, when we started, you know, it's just a couple of us. And um, one of the tough thing was I didn't know anything about renderings or art. And I actually had to go in there and dive in. So, so it's not just like you just come in here and just start a company. You actually have to, you know. I, it's like a springboard. You have to go down before you bounce up. And so I had to, I had to, um, I had to go down from my corporate one, uh, fortune 100 company on the 38th floor to, you know, sitting in my garage and, and actually <laughs> we didn't even have all the equipment. I actually had to work in our in our clients offices at night wow. when they're not there. So we really wow. sacrificed, but we really, we really got to be close with our clients. But, um, now we have about 60 employees, um, around the world. And Amazing. they do a variety of different functions. Thank goodness to Zoom. Um, yes. But, but yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been a great endeavor. Yeah. And in terms of your service, you, you have clients all over the right. country, all world. All over North America. Um, North America. Yeah. I think um, to date, we probably have over 3,000 clients. Yeah. That's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, software, you know, obviously allows us to scale and, uh, and, um, and we're now reaching a broader type of audience. It used to be just the smaller builders when you're working with Terramore Homes, but now we're working with, with Terramore Homes uh, acquirer, D.R. Horton. So we're, we're working the full exactly. range from you know, small custom builders to, to large builders. And they all, you know, you know, they all have different um, needs and, and, and goals. 
And to be able to accommodate that with a universal platform has been a major achievement. And now for us to be able to go from that B2B part to B2C to consumers, um, it's going to require a different set of skill sets because now we are trying to reach the consumers um, about why they should buy new and through social media and, 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 and meet them where they are. Yeah, that's a huge shift for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who tell me along the way you've had um you've had so many experiences and you've you've been in a lot of different um circumstances and businesses and different um circles, I guess I mm -hmm. should say. Who have been your biggest mentors or role models along the way? You know, there's a lot of um people on the business side, you know, everything from Bezos to jobs and all that. But I mean, I can get into a whole long conversation about business, but on a day-to-day -day level. Um, originally it was my parents because, you know, they were, you know, um, they sacrificed so much of their education, their reputation to really roll up their sleeves and, and to do a humbling business to, to that prospered. But on a day to day level, it's really my three partners. Um, I've seen how much they have sacrificed, um, to, to help me in my passion. I mean, you know, I still have the same group as when I started. Um, one of them actually came from a, a social work background in, in, the, um, inner city of Pittsburgh. And he, helped a lot of foster kids there that were um, neglected. And so, um, you know, that's still a big part of his life. Another one of my partners, um, he has three kids and he still um, went out and, and adopted three more kids, um, wow. you know, and one of them was left out on the streets in China. Another one um, was a, a, a teenage foster um, boy that was unwanted by his parents and was passed around and was really um, kind of a troublemaker in a sense. Um, but those two are actually working for our company and are doing very successful. And then the wow. third partner, um, he actually, you know, wanted to serve as a missionary. And so he went to a Muslim country there and in working remotely with us for three, four years remotely, you know, um, was able to, you know, reach out and help other people get jobs and, and, and build skills. So they've actually used our platform to reach out to their personal goals and, um, and passions. And that's part of the overarching goal of our company is not just to um, build a livelihood for us, but to build lives for others. And the reason we're able to do that, which is interesting, because my background, I have an MBA in finance. And when I was in Silicon Valley, I, I helped raise $9 million and I had venture capitalists come in. And of course, when they, they're running the show, you know, it's all about the bottom line. Um, right now, we don't have any outside investors. So we run it the way we want to run it. And so, you know, our goals are not only about the bottom line. It's, you know, it's, um, it's how we can serve others. Absolutely. So tell me about what is the culture like within a new go and your people? It's, it's very fun. We have a diversity of um, backgrounds. I feel like uh, sometimes we're like the misfits here. Uh, you, know, it's <laughs> like you can't go anywhere else. You, you go to a new go. You know, we're a new go to <laughs> destination. But I have people that have um, aerospace engineering degrees, um, you know, okay. MBAs, um, chemistry degrees. And I have um, some people that are homeschool. And um, and I want to say they were they didn't succeed in other places, but we gave them the place here to grow. We had some people even from our um, Wake community, um, Wake Tech Community College that they have skills, but um, they had some. I would say mental limitations, capacities, and and we were able to work with them, and we we provide a lot of internships in the summer. Wow, and amazing! A lot of these people, you would you'd be amazed if you find the right 
position for them in the right things they're interested in that matches their skill set, they are a positive contributor. I mean, they're, they're a contributor to my, our success. It isn't all the ones with the PhDs. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Of course. Everybody's got their superpower to bring and has a role to fill that is very important in the, in the world for right. sure in the company. And yes, just bringing what you do best is, is contributing to the whole. To the exactly. Every, every, every piece, every, I mean, and it, it's not always a perfect fit, but you have to be able to work with them. And, and if you, if you care about them, then they, they usually reciprocate. So yeah, everybody just wants to be valued for what they do bring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So building the relationships, it sounds like has, has been a, a key factor for you. Yes. I, I think one thing for me, and I've been in this for a long time, I look at it as a long-term play than a mm -hmm. short-term return. And so some of these things, I don't see the fruits of my labor till many uh, years later. I mean, as uh, now I'm an uh, empty nester, Instead of taking care of my kids, I actually take care of my garden a lot. So I actually have a, a garden there and I call it my um, my garden of eating. So hopefully if I if it bears <laughs> fruits, I can eat from it. But but actually, that's a great place for me to actually learn how to even kind of manage my team, because there's certain crops that you know, has certain seasons, certain things you have to um, care for a little bit more, water a little bit more, weed a little bit more. And there's a lot of patience. And when sometimes I learned that it's not that one season, it's the second or third season that I really start to um, see the fruits of that labor. So it's, it's, but it's hard work because you, you get dirty, you, you, you get frustrated. <laughs> and, but that's been a great lesson for me because, you know, I mean, just back to my um, Christian roots there, you know, everything from the, the, Garden of Eden being that uh, that um, place where you have knowledge and also, you know, the Garden of Gethsemane where, you know, where we are learning from, we're, we're gaining wisdom in those places. I don't want to turn this into like a-, a, a Very a, philosophical. No, I love it. I yes. love it. I use the garden. I, one, I have a garden right there. I can see uh -huh. it out my window, which makes me happy. My nest is also empty, but I love, I've always loved the garden analogy. I think it's so appropriate to life and building- the, the life that we have, mm -hmm. you know, you and even for business, you know, you, you, you reap what you sow. So, 100%. you know, if I, if I sow the wrong things, I don't expect to profit well. You know, I, I feel like that's where I'm back to my kite analogy. As yeah. Every time I soar, I go back to my, my, um, my grounding and, you know, I have a monthly meeting with my men's group and that they keep me grounded because, they come back and says, okay, that's great. You have all the success. Remember where it came from. Remember how you got there. Remember what you're supposed to do with it. And, and that piece, because I'm the CEO, I don't usually hear that kind of stuff because I don't have a boss, but I do have accountability. Yes. Yeah. You're sometimes we're our own worst boss. Right. So yeah. That, because if I, if, I'm, if I don't have a boss, I, I, I have unlimited ambition. Yeah. So it's good that I have some other accountabilities and other responsibilities. Um, and and that's, that's why it's good to have a mentor, sometimes um, yes. our coach. What do you really want to achieve in life? And what are you sacrificing to achieve those things? And, and do you have the right balance? It's that calibration. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, totally. Um, it's funny you said that, you know, it's a bit, you know, it, it's not just about the bottom line. But I say, uh, you're, to your point, you just made the point that the bottom line isn't something you maybe measure on an annual basis on right. your finances. And it, but I would argue it can be measured 
both internally, spiritually, all of those Mm -hmm. ways on a fulfillment level from a reward standpoint. But I am a firm believer. You will see that in your bottom line. It's just not necessarily this year's bottom line. Exactly. Like I've learned, I I planted asparagus and I went out there. I thought, okay, this year I'm going to harvest it. And then I find out, wait, you got to wait two years to harvest it. So now I got to take care of this little baby a little bit longer, (laughs) but but it's going to be worth it. I I can't wait for year two. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. You have to look at the long-term play, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. So um, tell me more about it, not just so much your culture, but what is the long, what is the long-term play for you? Where are you going? What are you hoping to build? Well, I, I really want to build something that's sustainable, something that's actually meaningful um, mm-hmm. for people's careers, but also for this industry. You know, I do have a, a long term love affair with this <laughs> new construction industry. I feel like there's so many opportunities for, for change and improvement for both for the home buyer and for even the builders to become more profitable. And, uh, and, and um, so I, I do want to continue to build what we have now. There may be a time here purely from a financial needs um, that we may have to bring other investors in and, and partnerships. So that's probably one of the things that in the next couple of years that we're going to be looking toward is, is find the right partners that have a similar passion, vision, and, and maybe even resources to continue to the next level. Uh, I can only get it started. I don't think I'm going to finish it. Um, I don't want to say too much here because I don't want to scare my employees if they're listening, but there may be a, a part here where I need to develop a transition team, you know, and, and mm. they need to, I want to leave them not just knowledgeable in what we do, but also having the same vision and, um, and goals. Yeah. Um, I didn't build this for it to go detour somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're being very responsible to your company right now, the people who are a part of it and, and those who are invested in it and, Mm -hmm. and the, and the clients who are depending on it. So I'm a firm believer. Our company is a, is its own standalone, Mm -hmm. Um, individual and and entity that needs all of that. And so this strategic planning and anything you're doing is in service of that. There may be a time that I may have to sell or be open to selling. I mean, you went through that experience yourself. I mean, when was the, when, when did you know was the right time to, to let go? Yeah, it's a great question because it's for, there are so many factors and facets involved with that. There's the emotions of it, of course. Um, there's the finances involved, of course. And as a small business, it is really tough for a family to mm-hmm. continue to put that risk out there. Right. Um, so for us, it, you know, that's where it got. And it's it's a competitive market in 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 the building side. I don't know how competitive it is for you and for what you offer, but what you do is amazing and so leading. And I don't, I can't imagine there are a lot of competitors, but I can imagine there's a lot of people who want to see it be very successful and be a part of that. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good representation of where we're at. I, I feel like our competition as we get more and more in technology um, is less and less competition. Uh, and I do see that there's a big desire there. I just want to make sure that what I'm building, I can actually deliver. And that's where we may have to yeah. bring some other resources in to, um, to do that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, through these things, through these changes, the best things are mm-hmm. usually come out on the other side. And that's to me, growth and evolution never feels great when it's happening. I mean, going back to the great recession, it didn't feel yes. good. <laughs> it didn't feel good, but it was a good life lesson. And it was a good, you know, I, it, it requires to pivot. You know, when I first started out, um, as a cost accountant after I graduated, which I felt like is so low, you know, your, your whole p- podcast about work in process. Um, 
as a cost accountant, I worked in this big glass factory and my whole job there was to keep track of work in process. I'm like, man, I'm so smart. I have all these other skills and I have to just do that. And they said, actually, it's a very critical piece because we have this raw material of all the silica and soda ash and everything. It goes into this furnace and that furnace has to continue to stay on because if it doesn't have a place to flow out, it's going to get clogged up in this in this um, molten pit. And if we shut it off, it becomes a big glass block. So that work in process has to keep moving, has to be continuously, uh, you know, we cannot stagnate. Just like anything else in life, anything that stagnates becomes to, become, becomes rotten. And we have to keep improving it. So, but to make work in process become valuable, you actually have to um, convert it into a finished good. And because that's where the market value, that's where you really attain what it is. And so my whole job was to find ways to, to improve that work in process so it's more efficient. And, and there's two main factors that I had to look at every day. It was speed and yield. Speed is how the throughput. You want to get as much through there as you, as you can so you can keep the, um, the furnace flowing and, and selling products out the door. But the yield part is how much did you yield out of that? Um, you know, how many um, how many glasses broke? How many, you know, you know, so you want to keep that as high as you can. And the balance for me all the time in the in the company, in my company, is balancing that speed, like as a startup. I want to hurry up and get a minimum viable product. I have a certain amount of cash. I want to get it out the door so we can start selling stuff. But then you also want to make sure that your quality is is good. And that involves two things, um, product engineering to create that product and process engineering to um, improve the quality of it and the, and the efficiency of it and all that. And um, I think, you know, it's very similar going back to the human side of it. Yes. You know, I think there's a lot of times where people want to hurry up and improve. And I, okay, I, I want to improve myself, but I need to get done in the next couple of years. And I'm yeah. saying, if you try to do that in speed, but you don't actually have a quality, you know, change in your life. You actually improved your skills and all that. You're actually going to fumble later on. Speak of my language, John. <laughs> and then sometimes <laughs> on the yield side, you so focus on your quality that you're trying to be Miss Perfect. Yes. If you never get there. And so you yes. actually didn't have any speed. <laughs> so it's finding that right balance. And I think having a coach there um, really guides you on, you know, because every individual is different. Every um, um, goal is different. Some things are achievable in, in three months. Some, some, some things take three years. What is the map to balance that speed and that yield so that you're a quality um, person? Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, going back to where we started, we all are getting used to getting what we want so quickly. Right. Everything's easier. Everything's available to us so easily now. And now we've gotten used to it. And if we don't have it, we feel like we're missing out on something. So why shouldn't I have this tomorrow or in three months or in next year? Because that's not where the necessarily the stuff you work for, the stuff you, you know, really need to put your energy and your commitment into. That's the good stuff. Right. I think. Yeah, in this day and age, particularly for young people, they've been conditioned to not get in condition. And so yeah. <laughs> they're expecting that instant Instagram. And I see this, I get this, I and I move on. And yeah. I think we need to kind of, I want to say stop and smell the roses, but you know, first enjoy the path. Yes. But then improve the path for not just you, but for others behind you. I think when we hmm. start to think in a broader sense, if it's not just yourself, but it's others, you actually will now 
spend the time to pave the um the path for because I, mean, I know I'm not doing it just for myself. I'm doing that and I'm not just doing it for my family. I'm doing it for for others that will continue to carry that torch and the baton toward that the similar passion. 100%. When you are going through the process to evolve yourself, you're automatically evolving the whole species, the whole mm-hmm. industry, the whole group. And so there's such power in that. We all individually have so much power in being able to do it, but you first have to acknowledge that going through that path and that journey is is the important piece to to getting that. Yes, it's I, I see it as a evolution to a revolution and <laughs> So, yeah. you know, sometimes you, you don't realize, but three years later, it's like, wow, I look back and I actually achieved a lot. And, and actually in our uh, name, Anugo, there's actually two words in there. There's new and there's a go. And so I'm not saying just throw everything away from the past. There's a lot of things you can learn from a go. You know, the principles should still this, be the same. Your mission should still be the same, but you may take a new approach to get there because, you know, some things that you thought about three years ago weren't available three years ago, right. I mean, are, are, are now available now. And so you should take advantage of those things to help achieve yeah. those goals. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. Tell me, I feel like this is a good time for this question. What do you most want to be known for? Wow. <laughs> Egotistical. I do want to, um, I guess I want to be known as I'm um, innovative but I'm also continuously improving. Yeah. Innovation doesn't stop. It's just, it's, it's right. a cycle. It just continues. And, you know, yeah. it's actually addictive. And I also want to be known as an entrepreneur that really just, he loves what he does. And he actually wants to take that to make a positive impact on the industry, his company and the community. Absolutely. Well, you're already very well known. So that's, that's the good news. And when, once we are, it's kind of like, well, what do I want to be seen? What is the example I want to set? Who is the role model I want to be? And I think that's such, you're already living into that. And this is why I love this podcast because I get to show other people who maybe haven't seen the same level of successes that you have seen. And they see you as very successful and having achieved a lot, which you have, but that it's not been easy and you've had your It hasn't been easy. And it, it all started you know, one of the books I, I, I read, you know, there's a book by um, Peter Thiel. I think he was part of um, PayPal, whatever. Um, but it was zero to one. I mean, and it's okay. the, the digits of zero and one. But yeah. there was a time where I was really zero. And then to yeah. get to that one, and now it opens up a whole bunch of opportunities. And I think a lot of people, they just need to be able to cross that threshold. Yeah. And um, some people need to be carried into that. And some people just need to be led into that. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, and as, as a mentor in this industry, um, and probably for more than just this industry, mm-hmm. what are the messages that you want to, I guess, share with them about that process? Well, I, I think, um, first of all, you, going back to my analogy of the kite flying, yeah, try to understand whether you're the kite or you're the one um, flying the kite. And that will establish whether you're the mentee or the mentor. And I think throughout your whole life, you're going to be in both those roles. Yeah. Um, it could just be for a particular job. It could be for a whole industry. It could be for just, um, you know, just your social groups or whatever. Then find, I, I actually have this, read this other book and it's kind of related to business. It's called Matchmaker and okay. it's related to our business of um, 
it's called multi-sided platform. I don't want to get into all the things, but it's like it's like uh, Uber and uh, OpenTable or Airbnb is matching you know buyers with sellers. And what we're doing with houses, we're trying to match the right buyer to the right community, the right plan, right options. And so it's a big matching game. But I think in life, we need to not just be on our own. Um, Cause I just feel like if you're on your own, I think I call that impaired. You're, you're, un you're under the influence of, of things around you. Whereas I think you should be pairing up fine. If you're a mentee, find a mentor. If you're a mentor, find a mentee to help. And then when you pair up, I think you can actually um, help each other out and guide each other along. Um, so that, that's why I would try to recommend it at a broader level is, is um, find that role model, find that whether it's a coach, a pastor, a teacher, or, or your parent or friend that you respect and that you want to be like, and then, um, and then seek them out, pair up, and then the other way around, and also hold you accountable. 100%. And to your point earlier, it's okay if they don't think the same way you do or, right. or do things the same way you do, or, um, you know... Uh, even have the same interests or philosophies as you do, because that's actually what can help broaden you and bring Your you a little bit more. Yeah, yes. because otherwise we all live in this goldfish bowl and you think that's all there is. And yes. um, that's one of the advantages of me coming from outside into this industry. I was never part of a sandbox. I didn't know that was business as usual or how you had to do business. I just thought, why not? Why wouldn't you? Why should you? <laughs> you why is there a rule the about this? Who made up these rules anyway? Yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> you, you start the you start the question with why, and then once you figure out the why, then then you go to the how. How do yes. I now do this? Because we've answered the why. Yes, asking great questions is going to give us a such higher quality answers, and, right. and send us in directions to actually problem solve and take us in new directions. So right. I love that. I love that. Um. So. How can somebody, I know Anugo, you have your podcast, which mm -hmm. anybody can find your podcast. Um, that is called Anugo of New Home Sales, right? Yeah, make Anugo of New Home Sales. Yep. Anugo of New, Go, New Home Sales. They can find you on anugosell.com. Mm -hmm. how, how else could somebody, is there another way somebody could find you or follow you? Yeah, follow me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm yes. usually posting um, different um commentaries, blogs, sometimes um, some videos on there. So you learn a little bit about our product. You learn a little bit about me. You learn a little bit about the industry. Um, I think, you know, education is a, is a, is a great thing. I, I have an acronym ETC, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. First, you know, education. And then the T is training because once you're educated, then you can train how to use that tool. But then the last C is consulting and consulting is very, um, specific, you know, for your particular needs, now that you've been educated on that and you've been trained on those skills, how do you apply that to achieve your goals? So if we can just take that, et cetera, et cetera, to um, whatever your uh, goal achievements are, um, I think we, we all become better in our careers. It's but not just business grow. development, it's career development. Career development and, and personal development, really. Right. Personal development leads to career development, which actually leads to business development. Because Absolutely. I think my great business is not, is not based on just a great idea. It's that these people have invested in their skills to make them a player in our game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we are all, as we've been talking about, we are all a work in progress, right? We have been all our lives and we still are. Tell me how you are today. What is your... I'm still in, in the game. I still love it. Um, I'm probably... I probably can't be on the field as much as I used to, but um, 
I, I guess I've turned more into a mentor and a coach. I'm yeah. trying to find the right players to, um, you know, it's funny. I started out in a big company as a specialist in a particular field finance. Okay. Then I became more of a generalist as a startup because I had to wear many hats and you get your hands on everything, but you're not really good at it, but it was all about speed. It wasn't about quality, just to just get some done. But now as I've gotten um, a, a great staff of skilled seasoned people, um, I'm now not just a generalist. I'm a four-star general. I'm more, I'm not on the battlefield, but I'm actually, you know, leading my lieutenants into, into um, their particular missions and help them develop. So my role has changed and yes. uh, eventually we'll find the, the, whatever the next, I want to say the replacement for me, but eventually somebody's going to take the, take the baton. Yeah. That's the next level for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And it's a next level, you know, hopefully for the company too, opening new possibilities for you. Right. Because um, I can, everybody. I can take the company so far. I mean, there's a concept in business called the Peter principle I and mean, you know, we understand the term, but at some point people will Peter out in, in their capabilities or skill sets or, or a certain stage. And so when I recognize that I'm not doing the, I'm not creating the best value for my company or in that particular role, I need to be willing to step away from it. Well, I think it's too about really recognizing your superpower. I mm -hmm. mean, back to that, like everybody brings what their strong superpower skill is to each of the positions right. um, or to the company to serve the company best. And as you grow, you, ha you have to stay more and more focused on the piece that you bring and that exactly. you do so well and be willing to let other people who have that or even better one than you, let them do what they do so well in order to serve the business. Right. I think we have to, um, there's a part of self-reflection as you get older, you know, what, what can you do? What should you do? Um, <laughs> what sh you should not do. And as I get older and I see different uh, opportunities and obstacles arise, I, it, it's actually humbling to see that there are probably things that you can't do, but that's where wisdom and, um, when I was young, it's all about risk-taking. I could do anything. Now it's about practicality and, yeah. um, it's, it's enlightening. It's humbling. Well, and as we get older, I just think also we decide there's things we don't want to do. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and if you can pay someone else to do it and they can do it better. Hallelujah. <laughs> and they love it. And they, right, love, they love it. it. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it's finding that right balance. I, I feel like I'm in it. I'm happy where I am, but I also feel like I'm in a state of transition because the yeah. company's in a state of transition. Yeah. 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 Good for you to recognize it. So many leaders are resistant to that. And it, it does take, so if the business is evolving, the leaders need to evolve. Right. And either you can recognize the ways you need to evolve, or you need to recognize how the, what the business needs in order to evolve from its people and see where you fit in. And that's, most people are not willing to look at it that way, which is why things stagnate. And yes, and, and not a lot of people are, are willing to look in that mirror or they don't even know to look at mirror. That's why I think it's good to have a mentor or a coach that says, yeah. hey, look, uh, you are actually a little out of shape. You could stand to lose a little bit of weight there. You could stand to go on a diet or whatever. And, yeah. you know, sometimes we we don't see it ourselves. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's always good, like you said, a mentor who's willing to tell you, the give you the honest feedback from a place of just... I care about you and I care about your interest and what, what you say you want. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and having that person, yeah. Somebody you can really trust and be accountable like that. It's, it's hard to find, but when you find it, you don't want to give it up. Yeah. 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 I always heard a saying that if you are a business advisor or a consultant or a business coach that, you know, you're doing well, if they're telling you how much they hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably right. Exactly. And, I, and you're, you're right. I liken that to the personal trainer at the gym. Like I hate them. I but. hate them. They're making me sweat. They're making me work. I feel so much pain, but thank you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Well, this has been delightful. As we head into the holiday season, what do you have to look forward to? What's your, I'm asking this of everybody lately in my group. What is your favorite holiday tradition that you have to look forward to? Um, you know, I'm so busy with work all the time. It's so nice to actually uh, check out and have just my family come together. Now the empty nester bringing everybody back and, um, and see where they are in their lives. You know, um, I, maybe it's a little bit personal, but as I get older here, I'm actually more, <laughs> sounds so bad, but I'm actually more focused about my kids' life than when they were actually in my house, because I'm okay. now that they're living their own lives. I really want to see what they're up to and how they're changing and 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 growing. So I'm looking they, forward to it. They're becoming people. They're people. Yeah, they're becoming people. Yes. When they're under me, it's kind of like, well, do this, do that, and don't do this, don't do that. But now when I say, what are you up to? And you know, what, you know, how you kind of want to see are the you know, did they did <laughs> did they become what you invested in them? <laughs> Maybe that's my gardening side of it for my uh, my three kids. All that all that um, fertilizer that I was yes, doing. Yes, all that watering. crap you had to deal with. <laughs> Did it actually amount to something? And, <laughs> and so far, so good. And that's what makes me happy at the end of the day, you know, so. I love it. And you know what? At the end of the day, that is really what usually makes most of us happy. And it's our why for what, what has driven us this far. And hopefully we have all been an example to our children to inspire them, just like your parents were for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I appreciate everything that you are doing for the industry. It is in remarkable. And I would for sure encourage everybody to listen to at least the, at least the latest in search of podcast is the mm -hmm. one that I just listened to because it, to me, talks about how really life is going to change for consumers going forward. It might start with new home sales if it hasn't already started in another industry, which I'm guessing right. it may have. And it's just going to explode from here and be extremely revolutionary. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yes. Stay tuned. It's going to be a wild couple of years coming up because there's a lot of new yeah. technologies, a lot of new opportunities. Um, I think we can bring the product in front of the consumers who, um, who really will, shape how builders uh, market and sell um it's going to be it's going to be game changing i don't know how to really explain now you just got to listen yeah. to the podcast and you'll understand it better yeah the, the podcast explains it it's not it's not hard to understand it's right. very clear i love that it's in um down to earth language which is perfect for me and hopefully for others but i'll be cheering that on because i think I, i'm so impressed by it and impressed with you and everything that you've created and i'll be watching you and your team as you continue so i, I appreciate it yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. I think you're an inspiration to this industry and, and to um, the people that you mentor. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate you coming on. And everybody, go check out Anugo. Hey, thank you. All <laughs> thank right, bye. you, John. For more ways to keep your work in progress in check, visit striveleadershipdevelopment.com.